Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. A killer contestant. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. See, Baxter number one is a successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the dark room at the age of 13, fully developed. <laughs> Between takes, he might find him skydiving or motorcycling. Please welcome Rodney Alcala. Rod, welcome. In 1978, Carol Bradshaw went on the dating game, selecting between three contestants for the grand prize of a date for two with whomever she chose. Under the bright lights of the studio, Carol called out, Contestant number one, a man with thick wavy hair and a chiseled face. He was Rodney Alcala, a rapist and a murderer, taking a break from his killing spree for 15 minutes of fame. This is the story of Rodney Alcala, the dating game killer. This is a a history of a person that I've been wanting to do for the show for a while. It's hard because I also just like working in game shows and in being kind of dating show adjacent, how poorly the contestant producing and a lot of the casting i've done casting before so i think it it kind of like hits me in a in a weird way where like someone like this could get through the cracks and be hurting people and also be on national television it's hard for my brain to like reconcile that you know it's it's a part of our our culture i I suppose rodney alcala was born in san antonio but at eight years old alcala's father moved the family to mexico but then abandoned them three years later In 1954, when Alcala was just about 11 years old, his mother moved him and his two sisters to Los Angeles. Alcala joined the Army in 1961, serving as a clerk, but had a nervous breakdown in the Army. He reportedly went AWOL and hitchhiked from Fort Bragg to his mother's house. After an evaluation by a military psychiatrist, Alcala was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder and discharged. After leaving the Army, Alcala graduated from the UCLA School of Fine Arts, Around his graduation, Alcala committed his first known crime. An eyewitness called police after watching him lure an eight-year-old girl named Tali Shapiro into his Hollywood apartment. When police arrived, they kicked the door 
open and the girl was found alive, raped and beaten with a steel bar. Alcala had left to evade the arrest warrant. He got out of the state, enrolled in NYU film school using the name John Berger. There, apparently, he studied film under Roman Polanski, which is a sad, grotesque detail. In 1971, he obtained a counseling job at a New Hampshire arts camp for children under a slightly different alias, John Berger, spelled like the hamburger. In June 1971, Cornelia Michelle Crilly, a 23-year-old TWA flight attendant, was found raped and strangled in her Manhattan apartment. Also in 1971, the FBI added Alcala to its most wanted list. A few months later, two kids at an arts camp noticed his photo on an FBI poster at a post office. Alcala was arrested and extradited to California. By then, Shapiro's parents had relocated their entire family to Mexico and refused to allow Shapiro to testify at Alcala's trial. Without Tali Shapiro's testimony, the prosecutors were unable to convict him of rape and attempted murder and were forced to permit Alcala to plead guilty to just assault. Alcala was paroled after 17 months in 1974 under the Indeterminate Sentencing Program, which is fucked up. I had never heard of it before. Indeterminate sentencing was when someone would be sentenced, but it was kind of open-ended. It would be determined during imprisonment based on the inmate's conduct, their ability for rehabilitation, whatever the supervisors felt was appropriate for them, which it was a really popular thing to do in the 1970s, which I get in theory, but also the amorphous sentencing of someone does not seem fair to the victims involved, those hurt, etc. The inmate could have been returned to society or be kept in prison for life. Like, those are two very separate things if we're talking about incarceration. Now that kind of sentence is has been determined unconstitutional, I don't know, because of cases like this, most likely. Less than two months after his release, Alcala was rearrested for assaulting a 13-year-old girl identified in court as Julie J., who had accepted what she thought would be a ride to school. Once again, he was paroled after serving two years of an indeterminate sentence. Good work, federal justice system. In 1977, after Alcala's second release, his Los Angeles parole officer, for whatever reason, permitted him a repeat offender and known flight risk to travel to New York City. NYPD cold case investigators now believe that a week after arriving in Manhattan, Alcala killed Ellen Jane Hoover, Hover, 23, sorry if I mispronounced that, daughter of the owner of the popular Hollywood nightclub, Ciro's, and goddaughter of Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. Her remains were found buried on the grounds of the Rockefeller Estate in upstate New York. In 1978, Alcala had returned to LA, working for a short time at the Los Angeles Times as a typesetter and was interviewed by members of the Hillside Strangler Task Force as part of their investigation of known sex offenders. Although Alcala was ruled out as the Hillside Strangler, he was arrested and served a brief sentence for marijuana possession. Sure. When not murdering or raping people, Alcala stayed pretty busy. He convinced hundreds of young men and women that he was a professional fashion photographer and photographed them for his portfolio. A Times co-worker later recalled that Alcala shared his photos with workmates. Quote, I thought it was weird, but I was young. I didn't know anything, she said. When I asked why he took the photos, he said their moms asked them to. I remember the girls were naked. The portfolio also included naked teenage boys. Most of the photos are very sexually explicit, and most of the subjects of the photos remain unidentified. Police think some of the subjects may be additional cold case victims. In 1979, according to later trial testimony, Alcala knocked unconscious and raped a 15-year-old girl named Monique Hoyt while she was posing for photographs. And then, in 1979, Alcala was a contestant on The Dating Game. It's pretty unbelievable. 
a testament again to how poorly produced and cast these shows are. And my own experience too, uh, it can be very triggering to think that this could happen in television, national television, and especially on a popular game show that is about dating and about people relating to each other, about strangers relating to each other. Host Jim Lang introduced him as a, quote, successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the darkroom at the age of 13, fully developed. Between takes, you might find him skydiving or motorcycling. Like, he sounds like a psychopath. A fellow contestant later described Alcala as a very strange guy with bizarre opinions. But hey, like I mentioned earlier, Alcala won the show. Unfortunately for him, and very fortunately for Bachelorette Cheryl Bradshaw, she refused to go on a date with him. She told the Sunday Telegraph in 2012, quote, I started to feel ill. He was acting really creepy. I turned down his offer. I didn't want to see him again. Good going, Cheryl. Let's take a little break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, hello. How are you? Hello. Are you well? Are you well? We hope you are. I hope so too. We. You said that already. Yeah. No, we. Us. Uh-huh. I speak for both Collect- of us. The collective. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. This is a white man speaking for the both of us. You know, it's listen, it's worked so far <laughs> without a hitch. Uh, we want to say hello to our government. Mm-hmm. Hello, government. Are you doing your job, government? Yeah. Yeah, of course you are. Of course. Ashley Matson, Ben Forsyth. We got a little Brandon Gaddis in the mayor dumb role mm-hmm. and in the governor dumb role, Christopher <laughs> Jefferson Witt. I'm going to start giving him a new middle name. Oh, I like that. I like yeah. that. That's he is the governor. I want to say thank you to our patrons, our government, anyone who's listening. Mm-hmm. And if you want episodes like this, the this kind of episode, but none of this or mm-hmm. any ads, Mm-mm. 
Get it early. Bonus episodes, documentary episodes. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash ghost town pod really helps the show. It's a lot of fun. I'm working on a bonus episode. It's not ready yet. Ooh. I was I was making a decision between something for Strange Year and then uh-huh. something for the Patreon. I was like, do I give the really weird stuff to the Patreon? I was like, yeah, let me give let me I think they want the weird stuff. Mm-hmm. The really the dark weird stuff. Yeah. And not, you know, and Strange Year will just get the slightly weird stuff. And I want to say thank you to anyone who's picked up a Hotel Cecil or Cecil Hotel, however mm-hmm. you want to say it, hoodie or t-shirt or mug. The proceeds go to the Skid Row Housing Trust. Ugh, amazing. You want to say thank you uh, so much to anyone. It's uh, ghosttownpod.com slash store. You can find a link in the description. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it re- you know, it, it, it really helps and people have really come out and it's, uh, you know, it's free shipping. It's over $25. Yes, it's Amazon. That's less work for me, but mm-hmm. it's also all the proceeds go to that, and and we don't have to go to the post office, I guess. Yeah. Is a, Otherwise, it would be a more expensive shirt mm-hmm. with a, like a kind of like a lower margin of to donate, and so this is this is the option. Also, a uh, new YouTube video, youtube.com slash Jason Horton on an episode that we've done. Mm-hmm. Little hint, it requires some visuals. In fact, it's pretty much all visuals, so you can also find that in the description. Give it a like, give it a subscribe, give it a watch. It really helps because I've had people be, you know, find the YouTube videos and be like, oh, yeah, Ghost Town, I've already was listening to it. It's like, oh, hey, I've been binging your episodes. Amazing. So get messages like that. So really, the YouTube is another way to help support and promote the podcast, mm-hmm. everything to serve the podcast, and it helps the algorithm. And listen, if you have a YouTube, send it over. We'll, we'll like it and oh, comment yeah. on it. I don't, like, you know, if you, if you need help getting your YouTube out there and you want to serve the algorithm like we do... Send it to, you know, send it to our Instagram, Ghost Town Pod, and happy, happy to do that for you. Yeah, that'd be great. I want to say I rarely, Jason's really the one who curates the comments that we get, but I I got one to my uh, personal Instagram that I really appreciate. And it wasn't threatening, you said. It wasn't threatening. It wasn't sexual. It wasn't vague. It was in complete sentences. And I was like, why bother? (laughs) And I was like, and next (laughs) But I, I appreciate it. I love getting comments that don't make me nervous. And this is one of them. It's from Joshua Lambert. I follow your Ghost Town podcast, and I have to say, I absolutely love it. Given I haven't been listening long, but love the content. Keep up the great work. Classic. I don't care that you haven't been listening long. You found us. You found us, and that's what that's what counts. Can you just add and like, and I can't wait to kill you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, uh, show me. I like that pic. I like that pic. Yeah, you know, like, you I, out, need, yeah. I know it wasn't creepy enough for Jason's liking, but let's not encourage anybody, you know. Let's encourage good old-fashioned, wholesome American comments. So speaking of United States of America, everyone's favorite part, mm-hmm. or am I just gaslighting them into thinking that? It's the <laughs> Apple comment reviews. Oh, baby. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I also- not that I've looked a ton, but I now specifically won't look because I know you'll curate the, the best, the brightest gems. Don't look. <laughs> I'll start off with the, the titles of two medium bad ones. Okay. One is Mediocre from Ooh. Australia. Ooh, yeah. And another one is I wanted to like this podcast, but I couldn't from the United States. Brief and beautiful. And let's just get to the good ones. Let's get that ego going. Ooh, yeah, I need that. that I need that. I need that. Please, please, please. This one is from Al Nari. Great. I've been listening to this podcast since late 2019. They've gotten even better. I can listen to more information now, and it even has more interesting stories. Keep up the good work. Improved. (laughs) 
Give it another shot. <laughs> haters? No, just I added the haters part. <laughs> I tried listening to the older episodes a while back, and I felt like there was a lot of off-topic discussion. True. True. And I think people, the some of the old ones still get a lot of listens. And it, again, that's not their fault for saying, not knowing it doesn't represent the show now. We... I, we thought about privating them or making them like, you know, I don't know, behind a, a the patron paywall or something like that. But I was like, you know what? Let's leave it all out there. Why? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is it's what we are. And you look how much we've grown. Not much, yeah, but a little tiny much. bit. I tried listening to the older episodes a while back. Off topic discussion. <laughs> I gave it a try again because I never get tired of the Datloff Pass story. Nice. And the show is pretty great now. Seems to stay on track. Just like right now. (laughs) Also, I learned of two topics I never heard of in other pods. That's a feat in this day and age. I'm changing my review to reflect the new inflow. I hope this pod continues. Okay, I guess you can update your thing. Thank you very much. That's uh, Hearts of Machines. Hearts of Machines. I would also like to know which uh, topics that you felt weren't we covered that other podcasts haven't because that he's he or she or them are right. It is it's hard to not cover and it's, try to it's find hard. new things. But I think you know I think what you know I will say we do really well is at least in title. <laughs> I think we have a pretty you know a nice kind of mix of things that yes you've heard of obviously and maybe some things you haven't heard of because they mm-hmm. were new to us. So I think that's but I think people get excited about that and they're like. Why are they talking about patreon.com slash ghost down pod? You know, stuff oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more, one mm-hmm. more. This one is from Beep Beep. I'm a sheep. <laughs> so good. <laughs> you make my day and keep up the good work from Australia. <gasps> I, I wanted to be like, you make my day and keep me warm at night. Uh, yeah. No, maybe someone else will put that someday. Yeah, that'll that'll be the next one. But thank you to anyone who's given us a, a nice review or supported us in, in any way. It really, really helps. And thank you to anyone who picked up a shirt. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's I added some hoodies and mugs and some other stuff. And I'm working on some ghost towns, new ghost town designs. Yeah, I'm getting really into it. And I then love it. Next week, really quick. Next week, somebody sent in a episode to do. <gasps> Ooh. And uh, pretty, this one's really, really interesting. I need to do just a tiny bit of just looking it over and adding sure. a little thing, but it's uh, going to be pretty interesting. And they're really good. They're very good at taking notes. I'm just going to keep it um, keep it a secret until next <gasps> week when we have an episode that a, uh, a listener sent in. And if you have one, like if you're yeah. like, hey, listen, if you have the audio or if you have an inside scoop or something, you're like, hey, this, I think this will be good for the show and you want to do essentially the work and then we take the credit for it. Yeah. Uh, which is my, listen. I mean, literally <laughs> This is what we've built careers on, so, so please uh, join us. But no, so you, you can promote whatever you want, and and I know that uh, this person has a charity they want to talk oh, about too. Amazing. So so oh. we're 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 into it. So look forward to all of that next week and, and a bonus episode coming up. YouTube video, shirts, podcast, and killers that are on the dating game. Yeah, how about that? How about we get back to that? Back to the dating game. Maybe Bradshaw's rejection affected Alcala because. After he was on the dating game, he killed at least three people almost immediately. One of these people was 12-year-old Robin Samso. She disappeared somewhere in Huntington Beach between a beach trip and her ballet class on June 20th, 1979. Her decomposing body was found 12 days later in the Los Angeles foothills. Samso's friends told police that a stranger had approached them on the beach, asking to take their pictures. Detectives circulated a sketch of the photographer, and Alcala's parole officer immediately recognized him. During a search of Alcala's mother's house in Monterey Park, California, very close to where we're recording right now, police found a rental receipt for a storage locker in Seattle. When police searched the locker, they found Samso's earrings and another pair of earrings that had residue that matched another murdered woman 
that eventually, again, the DNA match solved her murder, but another victim of Alcala. Alcala was arrested in July 1979 and held without bail. In 1980, he was tried, convicted, and sentenced to death for Samso's murder, but the verdict was overturned by the California Supreme Court because jurors had been improperly informed of his prior sex crimes. In 1986, after a second trial virtually identical to the first except for the omission of the prior criminal record testimony, he was again convicted and sentenced to death. A Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals panel nullified the second conviction, in part because a witness was not allowed to support Alcala's contention that the park ranger who found Samso's body had been, quote, hypnotized by police investigators. After his second trial, Alcala wrote and self-published a book, You, the Jury, where he claimed innocence in the Samso case and suggested a different suspect. He also filed two lawsuits against the California penal system, one for when he fell in jail, he didn't injure her, himself or anything like that, and another for the prison's refusal to provide him a low-fat diet. In 2003, prosecutors entered a motion to join the Samso charges with those of the four newly discovered victims. After lots of contesting from his defense, in February 2010, Alcala stood trial a third time on the five joined charges. For this third trial, Alcala elected to act as his own attorney, Great move. Again, if you're a psychopath out there, nothing says psychopath more than being your own attorney. He took the stand in his own defense and for five hours played the roles of both interrogator and witness, asking himself questions and addressing himself as Mr. Alcala in a deeper than normal voice. And then he would answer those questions. During this very bizarre self-questioning and answering session, he told jurors that he was at Knott's Berry Farm applying for a job as a photographer at the time Samso was kidnapped. He showed the jury a portion of his 1978 appearance on the dating game in an attempt to prove that the earrings found in his Seattle locker were his, not Samso's. Jed Mills, the actor who competed against Alcala on the show, told a reporter that the earrings were not yet a socially acceptable accoutrement for men in 1978. But he said, I had never seen a man with an earring in his ear, he said. I would have noticed them on him had I seen them. Alcala made no significant attempt to dispute the four added charges other than saying he couldn't remember killing any of the women. As part of his closing argument, he played the Arlo Guthrie song Alice's Restaurant, in which the protagonist tells a psychiatrist that he wants to kill. After less than two days' deliberation, the jury convicted him on all five accounts of first-degree murder. A surprise witness during the penalty phase of the trial was none other than Tali Shapiro, Alcala's first known victim, who was finally willing to testify against him. In March 2010, Alcala was sentenced to death for a third time. That same month, the Huntington Beach, California, and New York City Police Departments released 120 of Alcala's photographs looking for help identifying the subjects and finding other victims. Approximately 900 additional photos could not be made public, police said, because they were too sexually explicit. In the first few weeks, police reported that approximately 21 women had come forward to identify themselves, and at least six families said they believed that they recognized loved ones who disappeared years ago and were never found. That is such a sad thing, and if you happen to see the photos, as of September 2019, 109 of them are still online. The police are still trying to find people that are depicted in the photos get help. You can just do a Google search of Rodney Alcala photos and you can find them. And obviously this is a really good, I don't want to say a bright side of the day and age that we're in right now with the technology that we have, that we can continue to, you know, avenge these wrongdoings against people until 
this guy is dead <laughs> or until, you know, some other form of justice is served. Rodney Alcala's victim count remains unknown, but could be as many as 200. Currently, he is on death row in Corcoran, California. He is 77 years old. Oof, it's a it's a really hard it's hard because he's still alive and it's hard because there's so many victims who have perhaps not been found and he has not been brought to justice under their deaths and charges. But again, like I said, it's it's good that this is a continuing conversation. He's one of the I think prototypes of like a stereotypical creep and you know, they say don't get into a white van. Mm-hmm. You know, he is that white van. Yeah. You know, a photographer, you know, in the seventies, it's probably very alluring. He probably you know, he looked looked like a photographer and you know, I think we have a little more hindsight now, you know, kind of unfortunately ooh, kind of unfortunately for back then, but yeah, he is you know, the the what they would use in a TV show to depict somebody that was creepy or it was going to lead to trouble. And, you know, you wonder, especially the amount of game shows then and the amount of game shows and reality shows now. And there's been people, you know, we talked about the Jenny Jones Mm -hmm. show, the murder because of that show. And there's just so many reality shows. Wasn't there one like a million dollar something where they they didn't even air the show? We didn't do an episode on it yet. Oh, Megan wants a millionaire? Maybe and yeah. They, they, yeah, somebody. Was I actually murdered. want to do an episode on that because it's yeah, so. We talk but it's that. also just like so dark. Yeah. The fact that people can kind of not get filtered out and be on TV and do well on a show and still be fucking murderers and rapists, like it, it, it boggles my mind. I wonder the contrast of the amount. I mean, the amount of. I'm putting reality and game show together, but yeah, the right. amount of it is so high. It, it, there's just so much volume. And I'm sure there's more technology, more vetting, but can the vetting and the need to keep up with these game shows and reality shows, can it keep up with people slipping through the cracks? And not, you know, people that have done things that are like, we would never have this person mm-hmm. on the show. And you wonder how many of these shows that you watch. I mean, Chancellor, you're probably not going to see, you know, watch a show that's, you know, been on for like 10 years as a regular you know show and be like oh no we found this person to be a murderer it's usually mm-hmm. somebody who's on it once and then they're gone and it's very turnkey totally and- or you're desperate and someone drops out yeah. last minute and you just have to get someone in because you're a producer and like you live week to week on a you know paycheck that sucks or something you know like you just want a body in there that will work for what you need right now and, and you're I- sort of encouraged to you know sometimes when you're not that interesting they're like oh can i say i'm uh you know i don't know an accountant mm-hmm. instead of what i actually do they're like yeah yeah that's that's fine because it's more interesting and it's like you're almost encouraged to be deceptive in a way i'm not like trying to suggest that these they're purposefully like willfully ignorant although i'm sure sometimes they are but i think it's that that pressure to be like you know you know it's like that pressure to like we have a sh- we have we start filming tomorrow yeah, or, or to it's go. live in five minutes. Mm-hmm. We need we need a, a human body there. Are they the dating show? You know, gay, dating show killer. I don't. You know, we yeah. won't know until it's until it's over. So he does a podcast episode, like you know, forty years later. Forty. That's right. If a yeah. long time later, we'll get some justice, perhaps. But yeah, that it's it's very again someone who's dabbled in casting, but is kind of privy to the process i'm not even sure i mean they must do background checks in like the bachelor or something i assume but you know you can just kind of walk onto a studio and if you are handsome with a great van who knows what will happen to you 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.